Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Before we get started, I'd like to thank Tiger Vision for their facilities and their equipment, and we love doing this every week. So, on that note, I'm Ethan Richard. And I'm CJ Bakel. And we're your hosts. So, today we just want to talk a little bit about some rugby news going on. Uh, it'll be a little bit shorter episode than usual, but it's a good, you know, good, compact, lots of information coming through. Absolutely. So let's uh, first start off with a big headline uh, for today is that the Saracens are set to drop appeal against uh, the fine and points penalty for the salary cap breach that they had. Yeah, so um, on Monday, which for us recording this is tomorrow, but for our listeners it will be in the past, um, they are expected to tell Premiership Rugby that they will not be taking further matter um, uh, for the punishment. I guess they believe that uh, the punishment that they're receiving is just not enough to justify the cost of the appeal. Um, so that's, that's which pretty is kind of wild that they're accepting this like fate because it is a five point four million dollar fine or million pound fine, not yeah. dollar pound yeah. fine and a 35-point penalty. So if 35 points, with the current standing at, of the Premiership, that would put them uh, 26 points behind Leicester at a total of negative 22 points overall. Yeah, um, that's a, almost a death sentence. It's a death penalty type deal. Yeah, but I, Saracens are successful, clearly. They won last year. Yeah. and and. Is this a question? Like, do you, do you think that this, like, puts them at the bottom of the table? Oh, yeah. For, it's for, for the... For the like, like for, for at the end of the season, after the 22 rounds, like, do you think this is it for them? So, like, you, you and I discussed this earlier. It's, like, it's very much possible that if they're at the bottom of the table, they get relegated, and this, like, per, like this punishment is basically a death sentence for them. You, you because truly feel that this is a death sentence. Well, if that's the case, if they do end up getting relocated, they're done. It's over. Saracens, the club of Saracens is probably going to end up taking a few years to figure themselves out again. Because once you get, you know, relegated uh, to the, you know, the second, you know, the second division, then they're going to have to work their way up back into the first division. Maybe they're not going to have enough money to be able to put out the sides that they want. So they might struggle. You see a lot of it in like uh, in soccer, you know. Like it sometimes happens in soccer where like a team will go bankrupt or uh, they have a punishment that they have to take on like that, and then they end up getting relegated uh, a couple divisions, and then they never come back up to the, the glory that they once had. So yeah. I'm I would be very saddened if Saracens, like that, ends up happening to Saracens because Saracens is kind of like they're a big money maker for the Premiership. Yeah, so um, to, to almost counter your, your point of, of, if you, of it being a death sentence, iNews um, released an article uh, putting Saracen's last 10 seasons and the last 10 seasons uh, together to see if they would survive uh, with the 35-point deduction. And they would not have been relegated and any of their last 10 seasons with this punishment. Really? Yeah, so, so it's, it's, but again, 
those were the last 10 seasons, and this is this year. So uh, obviously getting a fine like this, it, you can look and be like, it, it's like, do you lose big name players? Do you lose some of these players who are clearly the reason why the salary cap broke? Yeah. Do you lose morale for the club? Because now every time they look at the table, they're negative 20. They're negative 26. Or, excuse me, 26 behind the, the next highest team. Yeah. Negative 22 in the standings. Like, it's, it, is that a morale crusher? Like, to, I know for you, like, playing in, in the D1A, like, if you knew, like, like <laughs> you're getting penalized and you're never going to see the top 25, Ever, for the rest of the season, or like a Col or like, or like a University of Colorado, where you know they're not allowed to make it in the playoffs, even though they're a very solid side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's definitely a like a confidence, like I don't know, slasher. I guess like you're not you're not you're looking at that and it's like oh gosh, like this it sucks to be at the bottom of the table. But uh, again, you can't you can't look at the results a lot. You have to work look at the process. So for I think for Saracens, their goal for this next year, because it is still very, very early on in the season, you know, round yeah. four of That's 22, right. yeah. you and, know. And, and then this week, it wasn't Premiership, it was the European. Yeah, so they, got, so they got they got time to, you know, to gain those points and then make it, them, like, make it back. But like we, uh, like we said, it's going to be definitely difficult, and who knows what happens. Like, it, yeah. Saracens, they knew, going into the season, they kind of knew that this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's just depending on how, uh, how they're going to, you know, actually react to uh, the, the result happening, the punishment actually being in place. So my question, I guess the overarching question here is, do they get relegated? Uh, ooh, that's a good point. I think that with their big name players and if they keep them all out there like they always do they probably won't get relegated because they're only 22 points behind so what's that like how many points do you need like for every behind. or 26 behind so that's what like you need to win like 10 games to probably if like say if theoretically Leicester were to lose all their like the next 10 games and, uh, and the Saracens won the next 10 games basically they're they're above Leicester so they just need a they they're basically you know ten games behind. So like in baseball, they're like ten games behind the, the you know, uh, the last place team. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you. I don't think that they get relegated. Um, com coming off of a championship season, knowing that as a program they would have survived every or all of the last ten seasons with a punishment like this, I don't I don't feasibly see them getting relegated. I, I feasibly see uh, a team like Leicester at the bottom of the table uh, not having the success that Saracens could have um, and, and them ending up below on the, on the tables. I, I, which, which sucks for in my, <laughs> in my eyes. Yeah, it sucks. But also, there's a, there's a, silver, there's a silver lining to this, that now we can see the rest of the, of the teams have a shot to win the title. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, there's, there's no way Saracens makes it. Because you remember last year's title. final. Like, last yeah. year's final was a very one-sided Saracens W. Although, it, it, going in, it didn't seem that way. 
Yeah. Going in, you were like, this is going to be a great final. And it didn't, the final didn't turn out that way. But, but like, it, it seemed that way. I, I'd be excited to see more teams uh, making the playoffs and, and it'd be completely different from last year. If, if, if Exeter doesn't make it and it's two new teams in the Premiership final this year, yeah, the ch- it, would be, it, would be fun, it would be fun to watch for me. I'd love to see Bath up there, but again, that's <laughs> biased. You know what, and, I think... And they haven't had much success in, uh, so far. They're 2-2 two and two in the um, uh, Premiership, and then they just lost to Ulster in the European Championship, so... You know uh, what, although, I'd like it. Uh, yeah. That was a close one. There was, mm, it was tough, tough loss. But uh, You know what I would like is to see Bristol make some noise. Bristol. Like, Bristol yeah, make the more Bears. noise. Like, so right now, not a lot of, their, not a lot of uh, everybody else's team. Uh, like the other teams, they don't have a lot of their key players, but Bristol has a lot of their key players. So I'd like to see them make some noise. Yeah, like right now, I mean, they're tied at the top of the table with Northampton, so... Uh, feasibly, that would be a good way, or that would be a good choice at this point in the season to expect to go all the way. But nice. I don't know. Um, Who was the team that was promoted this last year? Well, gosh, that's a good question. London Irish were promoted um, because they won the RFU uh, last year. Yeah, so, and I mean, they're doing, like, kind of well right now, too. They're, you know, towards the bottom of the pack, but uh, that would be a lot of fun to see them make, to see them do pretty well, too, you know, being a first side or a first time, you know, in the... Yeah, I mean, they they sit uh, as... as, um, a two-and-two two team, but uh, it's a question of, of how many of those extra points they can get in there, whether a loss is within seven or they can and score the four, uh, four tries in the game. Um, that's really the question for them is, is can they put the points on? But I would um, like it to have them the stay, the you know, with the new Saracens thing and then maybe like a different relegation battle happening at the bottom, having them like stay in the league or stay in the premiership for another year would probably be beneficial for their club. So yeah, it'd be I, good. The, the, all in all, the premiership is making to, or is fixing to be very good this season. Yeah, it's, I, it's still relatively even. And, and 
Um, I really enjoy the the balancing of the Premiership with like the European Championship and whatnot. And, yeah. And seeing some of the teams that play in the Premiership also like how they match up against other other uh, leagues. Yeah. So uh, what's our next uh, news headline? Well, our next news headline, which um, is moves more <coughs> to the international level. Um, Eddie Jones uh, admitted uh, that he made two mistakes, or he feels that he made two mistakes when selecting the roster for the finals. Um, his first Hello. Hmm? He's, uh, he's, he's regretting a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I feel like you always will when you lose in a World Cup final. You'll always have some regrets or you'll look back on, on, on it and either try to grow from it or revel in your mistakes, and hopefully he's trying to grow from it. But, uh, yeah, so his first mistake that he feels that he made was um, starting uh, Marco Vinopola over Joe Marler mm. at Loosehead. All right. So uh, what, what do you think of that? How, how are you what, – what is your uh, uh, perspective? So I could see where – he he might have wanted him to be in there just because it's like he's a stronger guy. Or not like a stronger guy, but like a more sturdier loose head prop uh, versus uh, Mako. Because Mako is all technique. Marler's all brawl type deal. It seems yeah. like that. So having him there would probably be pretty good to be able to compete with the size and physicality of the South African scrums. Uh, so I could see where he could be with that. I, where I could Absolutely. see that, but like at the same time, Marler has a very uh, short temper. I guess he's you know he's very well known for you know getting a yellow card for stupid things or you know <laughs> getting sent off for this that and the other. So in such a physical match, maybe a little bit of the aggression would have came out and there would have been a yellow card or a red card, which would have put basically England. You know, no way of winning, but I can see where he's going at. My. I, I, the reason why I don't agree a lot with it, though, is because he's saying, like, it's, you know, he wants a sturdier pack. I think, I think they needed to beat, they didn't need to play to South Africa, you know, be aggression on aggression, physicality on physicality, because they're not going to win that physicality battle. So they're putting, you know, having Mako, who's pretty good technique-wise, I think that might have been. My attitude for it is I, I feel if you had put Joe Marler on the field those first five, ten minutes after, uh, after the quick early try, that intensity would have survived much longer and much uh, harder because he's the kind of player who's like, who feeds off of it. Mm. And, and so when you make a strong early five minutes, he's the player who provides intimidation and, and in, in intensity for the team. Yeah, and, and he kind so, of feeds off of himself too. Yeah, and so obviously when, if you make changes in the roster, like the game would start completely differently. But could it, would it though? Like in that case, like I, I, like, I, don't, see, I don't see that outcome being impossible um, with the change in, in your loose head. Uh, oh, the, the, cha the second change, I could see absolutely um, making a difference on that. But 
uh, we're still talking about Joe Marler being in. And, and so what, what do you think, like, Joe Marler must be thinking, hearing that from Eddie Jones being like, are you saying that I should have, you know, I should have started? Like, or, or like even Marco Vunapola, does he like think, or Vunapola, does he like think that Eddie Jones doesn't trust him enough? I think, yeah, I, I definitely, for Joe Marler, Like, what do you I think, think the psychology more, of that is? More positive. Uh, oh yeah, life. it's definitely positive um, for Joe, he's but like, like, he's like you're dang right. But like, it, to me, it, my question would be like, Mako Vinopola, he hears this and he's like, he, he like, clearly he knows he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, and so does Joe Marler. It's it's. I don't think Mako looks at this like, oh, I'm a worse prop than Joe Marler. It's it's more of a, oh. I don't match the style of rugby we should have had entering. I didn't provide the style of rugby that we should have had entering the World Cup Finals. And, and to me, that like, I, I, I feel like he's smart enough, strong enough, sturdy enough to come to that conclusion that he should be at. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously there's probably some like disappointment, but um, hearing that, and it must hurt, but I'm sure he can come through from, from a statement like that because coaches are coaches. They, they pick what they feel is the best side, hopefully. Um, and if it doesn't work out, obviously it doesn't work out and something should be different. And I'm sure he can find a way to respect that. So our second change. Um, or his second change. his second change. The second change that we're going to talk about um, happens in the uh, – Midfield attack in the backs with the centers and and fly halves. So yeah, the, this uh, this Guardian uh, article says that uh, Eddie Jones ruse not reverting to the Farrell Tuliangi Slade midfield. Right. Um, which. which? Uh, so if he had gone Farrell Tuliangi um, and Slade, I think the attack in the midfield would have been way more intimidating in face to face contact and face-to-face <laughs> skills. Like, I, I think it would have made a different statement because, to me, those three are much harder attackers and much more intimidating attackers than when you have Ford Farrell at, at your 10-12. The Ford Farrell, uh, Tuliangi. Yeah, which, which, like, not to say that it's not as good. It's just good in different aspects. So, so and, and I think, but the accumulation of these changes, to me, seems like he wanted to be more aggressive in, at the beginning of the game. Make, tried to prolong the, the need for tactical play, like tactical slowdowns and, and tactical kicking. He wanted to be more intense in your face, ball, ball handling, passes, offloads, that style of rugby with harder runners and harder crash lines uh, to try to put South Africa more on the back foot earlier. And, and that's what I see out of that change as well. Because um, as soon as Ford comes off of the bench, clearly you see a more tactical, slower England game. And, and, and so to me, that is, is so much better against a team like South Africa in the second half when you've already brought more intensity, aggressive, aggressive 
close game than, than right off the bat when well, you give them that opportunity. Eddie Jones did say that he wishes he kept that, uh, that three because against Australia and New Zealand, they had a lot of success. Well, they changed it for New Zealand. Oh, for, but sorry. They, but like for Australia, Australia they absolutely dominated them. Um, yeah, and uh, like, like I said, they uh, the first twenty minutes of that Australia game was extremely in your face aggressive, and I guarantee you, if they had gone for that same perspective and that same style, that game would have been different. You think that if they played an aggressive match against uh, South Africa, like South Africa, like aggression on aggression, they would have probably had a little bit I different it, of a... I think it would have absolutely had a different outcome. I don't want to say like, oh, that gives England a victory, but I, I it you, sends a message, a mental message when you're like, oh, we're willing to match you up in the, in the aggressive game. Yeah, because, um, I mean, like, South Africa is hands down, like, the most yeah. aggressive, like, team in the, in the world. Right, and, and you saw during, that, during the final, like, their kicking game is really strong. Mm -hmm. And England, with what they started, they didn't have the kicking game. Or they didn't have the aggressive game and the kicking game. They chose to try to outkick a team that could reciprocate. So, but, yeah, um, I mean... Once again, all of this is in hindsight, and, and yeah, hindsight. It, yeah, it's twenty twenty, as they always say. But I, and he, I mean, like Eddie Jones said that he said uh, he got it badly wrong, but hindsight is a wonderful teacher. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, he wants to learn something from this and, and develop from this. I mean, you can't fault the man for bringing a, an England side to the World Cup finals and yeah. losing it, like. It, it, clearly, he's a very successful coach because you. I mean, you see what he. I mean, yeah, he's. Programs. Yeah, he's. He takes programs to the World Cup finals. It yeah, seems. it's and it's. So like, I don't think this is like these changes and admitting his failures is like. A, oh, we need to get rid of him. I think it's more. You should give him more respect because he's like, I made mistakes in the World Cup finals, but I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to get better from it. Nice. So. That's, uh, I feel like I've said all I need to say about it. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about it. Um, when it com I mean, when it comes to him, like, admitting his mistake, it's, I, I guess, like, I can give him a little bit of respect, but I don't know if he should be, like, publicly saying, like, oh, crap, I made a mistake doing the X, X Y, and Z. But I, I, I do have to show him, like, a little bit of respect that he's wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. So, what is the uh, next... Uh, news article that we have for well, us. The last piece of news that we have um, is about Nigel Owens, um, one of the most famous sirs in the game of rugby. Um, he's backing a uh, Gus Scott populist law change that he uh, that Gus Scott had proposed, um, which involved substitution uh, changes to the game of rugby. Yeah, this is a really rattle like radical. Uh, potential law change. So mm -hmm. currently in the game of rugby, you have eight substitutions that you have. Yes. And uh, the Gus Scott law is proposing that they take it down to three. Right. Um, so not only uh, eight substitutions, um, like that's 
what with injury and whatnot um, as well, it changes it. But his law is like specifically three substitutions. Yeah, which is yeah. again radical. That's amazing. That's right. I, I don't know. I don't know what like how this is supposed to help the game. So but how how Nigel Owens ties into this conversation is uh, he has always been um, a, a fan of changing the substitution laws. Um, now he doesn't necessarily believe that three substitutions um, is the number that it should be. He uh, is more more on the lines of like four or five, but he does feel that making uh, substitution changes and even adjusting them to be specifically for injury or halftime substitutions um, uh, would be more beneficial if that's looked at. Um, and, and really a changing how the substitutions are used. So I really don't agree with this law whatsoever, this law uh, proposal. Because I, I, like you and I are both kind of very harp on player safety. Oh, absolutely. I, again, eight, eight substitutions allows for you know tactical changes. Again, it gives you a lot of uh, wiggle room if there's a lot of injuries. So, it, I and see where he's going at, or where like Nigel and Gus Scott are going at to remove uh, the, the you know players who like fake injuries, but. I, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Right, so um, what CJ is referencing is um, Nigel stated, if you risk taking somebody off that's not injured and another player who comes on gets injured, the other player's out of the equation. This will help close the loophole if players are not genuinely interested, or injured, excuse me. Um, and so he's kind of just like saying like, oh, we get rid of all those fake injuries and, and we get rid of dealing with, uh, with those problems. But in my eyes, like, I don't see that as a major problem within rugby. Like, do you? See, I've never seen it. Again, we are, we, we're not, you know, on the, inter, on the field a lot. We're not in referees and we don't see it a lot. But I've never experienced somebody, you know, faking an injury. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, like... The injuries, I, I, not not in rugby. I have I've seen it, uh, like it's not frequent at least. Yeah. Like it's definitely I'm I'm sure it's happened and I'm sure it happened recently. But to, uh, in my eyes, I don't I don't see it as like a systematic problem within the game of rugby in which allows players to go off the field and uh, who aren't genuinely injured and and allow uh, rest time and whatnot. I don't see that as a systematic problem within the game. Yeah, and like, it, it's not really a systematic problem. And we always go back to, you know, the, the always question, like, what if somebody else gets hurt? Like, what if, you know, after the four substitutions have been made, what if somebody else gets hurt? And then they're at risk of getting even more hurt. Yeah, and, and, and Nigel does um, talk about that. So uh, the, for, for the record, the information I'm getting comes from Rugby Pass. Um, and so uh, they've a couple quotes I'm pulling from. Um, another, the other quote that I want to talk about is that he does reference like that um, player safety is important, and that um, quote we don't uh, uh, we need to make sure we don't put any players on the field in jeopardy by forcing them to play on with an injury and put themselves at risk for a more serious injury. 
Um, and so in my eyes though, like dropping to four subs or, or five subs does that. Yeah, it, it does it, that. In, in, inherently, um, Which it's players like, are expected to go 80 at that point. Every it, single player on the field is expected, whether they, they mess up their ankle or, or mess up their wrist or whatever their injury is, like, at that point you're expecting, like, oh, play through it. And, and yes, there are cases where play through it should, is the mentality and should be the mentality, but it, at the highest level of rugby, I would prefer player safety. I, I would rather be able to see players like Anthony Watson, who's relatively new to rugby scene internationally um, in the last couple of years. I want to see him for the next decade. Yeah, and you know, like, I want to see him be able to perform at the high level for the next decade. Yeah, and like we, like we said, like we discussed this a little bit before the show. It's like if you're having a front row go, like you know, a front row player go 80 minutes basically every game with this new law, that in the long term, they're not gonna be able, like their career is gonna be shortened. Right. So like, it's like, would you rather game. have your front row play 60 minutes, but a play like a quality 60 minutes week in, week out, and then go 12 years or 12, 13 years of play? Or would you have them, you know, play 80 minutes every, like maybe every game, and then they go eight years. It's like, you're not getting as much out of your players as you want. Yeah, and the only thing that I can see that would uh, uh, keep the elongated uh, player quality for, or like to the lengthen the career, yeah, keep their career, career. Um, would be is if you're balancing multiple players playing full 80s at those heavy contact like harsher body positions. Yeah. So you you're gonna have you're gonna be like. Instead of having Mako Vunapola and Joe Marler sub for each other, you're going to have, hey, you're going to play 80 this game, he's going to play 80 the next, and y'all are going to have to rotate. Which, and it, it sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know in a world ever a player's like, oh, I'll sit out for this game. You know, like, I, I, I know when, when I was able to play the game, I wanted to be on the field. Yeah. I was on the field, you know? Like, I wanted to be able to at least partake in every single game. And, like, it's a, you hear it a lot of, in, like, basketball nowadays in the NBA with, you know, load management and load sharing that all these players are, you know, not playing. So, like, Greg Popovich, he always, the, one of the, you know, the famous basketball coach for the San Antonio Spurs, he kind of, like, made it up that, you know, the load, like, players should, like, sit out a certain number of games to give, like, themselves a little rest. But I think for rugby, the mentality for a rugby player is like I'm going to play and I'm going to make an impact on the field at all, like whenever I can. Mm -hmm. Versus where in basketball, like you can give up a few games if you know you can lose a couple games. Well, and be the, fine. the seasons are not like like Premiership rugby has twenty <coughs> games. Right. Like basketball has eighty two games. Eighty two games. Yeah. Like, that's that's it, the. The quantity of games is different. I, when, when there are less games, they get valued more. And, and that's pretty common across every sport. That's pretty standard, like, focus. Is, so, so when you only get those, like, 22 premiership games on, and those however many European championship games, if you're in one of the clubs that does both, and, and uh, like, 
you're getting games week in and week out, but the value of them is different because you're in different leagues. And, and, yeah. and when you play at the international level, like there's only so many England games that a player like Joe Marler gets to play in right. in a year. So, yeah, it's, it just seems kind of like this law just seems counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, because so, if you're like, like we're like discussing, it's like from this to a little bit more large scale, it seems very counterintuitive. Right. And, and so I want to hear what your attitude is as, as fans um, and as the, of the game and, and as our audience. Like, we'd love to know what your perspective is on, on the quantity of substitutions and, and if, if a change is needed. And also, uh, Share us, like tag us, anything, any uh, any news stories that you guys see, because we'll definitely talk about them on like a future episode, and uh, we'll give you a little shout out too. So that'll be a Absolutely. lot of fun. So like even if you just share us that you know like the new Sonny Bill Williams uh, news, like just yeah. you know just share it with us, and we'll we'll talk about it on a future episode. For sure. So um, once again, uh, thank you, Tiger Vision for letting us use your facilities. And uh, we, we love doing this week in, week out. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'm Ethan Richards. I'm CJ Bickle. And this was another episode of Tiger's Talk Rugby. And uh, go please watch some rugby this weekend, folks. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Go watch some rugby.